Hey friends, so we are back for another episode of Catherine's Quarters. It is officially 2023, thank God, because 2022, although it started out great, the end was horrendous, and I'm really glad that year is over. I did watch all the football and all the basketball that I possibly could, because it was the only thing keeping me sane. But I'm really excited to get back into Catherine's Quarters. I'm even gonna get back into writing again. I'm so excited. We have a lot to get to. NFL wildcard weekend is here. The playoffs are here. The picture is set, all of that good stuff. We're gonna talk about the matchups this weekend, some expectations. Expectations. And then obviously we have to talk about the NBA because we are midway through the season now at this point, almost, I think, um, which has been really fun and exciting to watch. I somehow decided that I was going to get leak pass, whatever, but the NBA season is here. So we've got to talk about that. We'll talk about the standings. We'll talk about the, the varying teams that I have lots of faith in and the teams that I have zero faith in. Um, but I do want to start this with the, the topic of Damar Hamlin. I've tried to do like two or three different videos on this. And every time I either got raging mad or just was sobbing, tears, snot going down my face, don't want any of that. So we're gonna talk about Damar Hamlin first because obviously we have to address the situation and I would just like to address a few things and I didn't want to leave it for the culture segment. So we're gonna get into that now. So if you've been living under a rock for the last couple of weeks, Damar Hamlin is a defensive player for the Bills went to go tackle T. Higgins on the Cincinnati Bengals during the Monday Night Football game, uh, I think it was two weeks ago at this point. Um, I don't know what day of the week it is, it's fine. He goes to tackle T. Higgins um, and he takes T. Higgins down to the ground. He stands back up, looks to adjust his helmet a little bit and then falls on his back, on his head, back onto the, onto the turf. Um, and then the ensuing madness started. Um, there was a lot of confusion because everybody is like watching this happen live and it's not really something that we've ever seen happen live. Like we've seen guys break something. Um, we've seen guys get concussions. We've never seen a player stand up from making a tackle and then fall back down and then be non-responsive in the way that Damar Hamlin was. It's a very scary moment. There were Bills players crying, there were Bengals players crying. Everybody was on the field in shock. The coaches were trying to figure out what's going on. And at the time we didn't know um, until probably like 45 minutes later, they had to uh, do CPR on Damar Hamlin so he could start breathing again and then they also had to use a defibrillator on him. He was taken off the field into an ambulance to a Cincinnati hospital. It was like what the best trauma center in that area or whatever the case may have been. All of those things happened. It's very scary. Damar Hamlin has officially been released from the hospital now. He's back in Buffalo. He was at the hospital in Buffalo getting some more tests done, but he seems to be in good spirits. Over the weekend, there were lots and lots of tributes to Damar Hamlin, which was beautiful to see. Shame on you people who are having bad attitudes about people and teams and organizations showing love to Damar Hamlin. People literally thought that he might have died on that field. So shame on you for thinking anything negative about organizations and teams within football, deciding that it was a way to show solidarity. I saw a really cute video of Miles Sanders FaceTiming with Damar Hamlin, so he seems to be in good spirits and doing a lot better, which is beautiful. The thing I wanted to talk about is the fact that the lack of humanity that we show when it comes to any sort of popular sport and the athletes that play it. It happens a lot. Part of it is forgetting that these people, they're still human beings. They're still somebody's son, daughter, somebody's father, somebody's husband, somebody's wife, somebody's girlfriend, somebody's something, right? Like that is a beautiful part that we can all kind of 
identify with each other with, right? And so the humanity piece is the part that I feel like got really disjointed from the time that it happened until we all knew that Damar Hamlin was able to breathe on his own. He was going to be released from the hospital. He was looking like he was making positive progress in all of those ways. Everybody started talking about all kinds of other things. The night that it happened, I saw people tweeting about COVID vaccines. I saw people talking about playoff seating. I, my mind has never been so unbelievably blown. They choose these careers and they understand that injuries can happen, but whatever this was, was not a normal, oh, I stubbed my toe, I broke my arm, I did that kind of, that was not what happened. And it was very scary to see. And to see the insensitivity of so many people getting on talking about playoff seating, getting on talking about when they're going to reschedule a game between these two teams who just watch them have to figure out and resuscitate a man on the football field, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be talking about anything else. And if that means you have to be silent, then maybe you should be silent. But you don't get to use a tragic situation, which this was. This was the scariest situation I have seen on a football field in a long time. And so you don't get to use this situation to push whatever your agenda is. I don't understand the, the desire and the need to feel like you latch onto a situation that has people really hurting. You don't think about his mom. You don't think about any his little brother. You don't think about his, anybody in his family, any of his friends. They're hoping that he wakes up and is able to breathe on his own and is able to walk by himself and is able to live a normal, happy, healthy life. And you want to talk about playoff seating and the potential of black, uh, the potential of vaccines having done something to make his heart stop and all of this other stuff. Don't use that time to push your negative agenda. It's disgusting to me. Not in the middle of us trying to figure out if this man is going to be able to breathe on his own. Are you joking? Who raised you? Ooh, okay, again, I'm getting mad. So we're gonna talk about football now because I just had to get that off my chest. It has been driving me nuts. So it is NFL Net Wildcard Weekend. Oh, I'm so happy. There is lots that's been sorted out and we have all of the playoff pictures. So we're gonna start with Saturday games, Sunday games, and then we're gonna get to that. Ooh, that Monday night game, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun one. So we're gonna start with Seahawks 49ers. It's first game on Saturday. And as much as I love the Seahawks story, the 49ers are just going to take it to them. And I'm not sure they're gonna have an answer, if I'm to be very honest. Brock Party came in after Jimmy got hurt, and Brock Party has helped and assisted in the 10-game winning streak for the 49ers. They are on a 10 game winning streak. Debo Samuel has been out for at least two, three weeks, I think it's been at this point. Brock Purdy, George Kittle, uh, well, Debo before he before he got hurt. Um, I'm forgetting someone. Christian McCaffrey, that's what I'm forgetting. Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and obviously Debo before he got hurt, but that defense, let me tell you, that defense is the number one ranked defense in points and yards allowed per game. Kemp, guys, it is unreal how good that team is. And as much as I love the resurrection story of Geno Smith after the Seahawks get rid of Russell Wilson and send him to Denver where he had a terrible, terrible year, and Geno Smith, who's been on 855,000 teams, has gone to Seattle and he has the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs. They are nine and eight, but they are going up against the scariest defense in the NFL. And it is just unfortunate that we are going to have to see 
this beautiful love story for Geno Smith <laughs> get crushed by the 49ers defense. Like it's it, the, it's it's insane. The Niners have scored 30 points in the Niners are just averaging 30 points a game, right? The Seahawks have scored 30 points in I think five games all season. We just ended week 18. It's not going to be pretty. And Brock Purdy, it's, he's a rookie quarterback, his first playoff start. I get all of the things. That defense is really what's gonna keep him in it. And God forbid Debo Samuel is back. I don't know, I have no idea. I haven't seen the injury report today, but Yikes, guys. Uh, moving on to Chargers-Jaguars. Now, this is a really fun matchup, if I'm to be honest. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. They're both really, really good quarterbacks. I think Justin Herbert has a better arm than Trevor Lawrence, but that's just me. I also have seen a lot more of Justin Herbert play in the NFL, although this is his first playoff appearance, both their first playoff appearances. It's gonna be fun to see that, to see that happen. Now, the scary thing for the Chargers is Mike Williams, who was injured for most of the season and came back on, I think his last two games, got injured last game. Uh, I think it's a groin injury. So hopefully he'll be back, but who knows? I haven't, again, I haven't seen the injury reports today, but I mean, he still has Keenan Allen and Joshua Palmer and Gerald Everett. And obviously the O-line's been a little shaky. I mean, they've had injuries because the Chargers have been injury prone. Their defense is not the best, but it's not the worst either. I think that they can get after Trevor Lawrence as much as possible. I'm not saying that the O-line for the Jags is not good, but I do think that there will be opportunities on both sides because it's very evenly matched. It's going to be interesting to see how Brandon Staley and uh, Doug Peterson go about matching matching up like that's just I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch who am I gonna pick for this game this one is such a toss-up to me it really stresses me out I think there's one other game uh, on Sunday that's a toss-up to me too but Chargers Jags I mean I really want to see the ja the Chargers get their first win I want Justin Herbert to kind of like fulfill this prophecy for himself um, I think Trevor Lawrence like last year no one counts for him this year he's been really good to end in this playoff push so I, I just want this for Justin Herbert Chargers it's on you okay so Dolphins Bills on paper this would be a blowout right like two is not gonna play Josh Allen is the quarterback for the Bills the defense is up and down, here and there, we shall see. On paper, should be a Bills blowout. Josh Allen has a little disappointing in him sometimes. Like there's some games where he plays and it's like he's a little confused. There's some games where he plays and he's throwing interceptions all over the field. I mean, the Bills have been Super Bowl favorites since the beginning of the season. Now there was a point in the season where we were teetering on them a little bit because they weren't looking so good. This is when Josh Allen was having these like up and down random games where he was like, they, the offense would score like 17 points. It's like, what the hell is this? I I need every play to be Gabe Davis, 90-yard touchdown. That's what I need. But, you know, hey, that was fantasy me speaking. Um, but I still, like, the Bills are going to pull this one out. It's unfortunate for the Dolphins. And the Dolphins have a lot to figure out with Tua because Tua's had, what, two, three concussions this season. He's obviously not going to play on Saturday, which is concerning so we'll see how that one goes okay so now we got to talk about Giants Viking I'm trying to decide this game right because the Eagles just played the Giants this past weekend I went to the game it was so much fun I had a fantastic time
But the Eagles play the Giants, and the Giants obviously sat all their starters. They were already in the playoffs. They didn't really have anything to play for. They were in that sixth seed, and that's just what they were going to be, whether they won or lost, and didn't really depend on other teams and scenarios and stuff either. Saquon Barkley, obviously one of the best running backs in the league. Daniel Jones has come on this year in surprising fashion. Like, I still remember back to that draft when they picked Daniel Jones, and I was like, and the whole world collectively was like, huh? But... Daniel Jones, Brian Dable, they have figured some shit out for themselves this year in New York. And they have won plenty of games that I don't think anybody expected them to win. Um, it's been interesting to watch. The Vikings, on the other hand, have had so many close wins this season. And I at least three of them I remember being like walk-off field goals from 60 yards to win the game, which is like wild, wild. And honestly, the Vikings defense has been so suspect all season. All season, we have not questioned Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, their ability to connect. We haven't questioned Dalvin Cook. We haven't questioned, um, I mean, Adam Thielen and uh, TJ Hawkinson was has uh, came there from Detroit. There haven't been a whole lot of questions on that offense. They've been good. The defense. Giving up points like they're giving out candy at a party. So I think this game is, is a winnable game for the Giants. And I will be very curious, keeping my eyes peeled on all of the situations. You can say all you want to about Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. You can say whatever you want to about head coaching and offensive coordinator and whatever we want about the defense. I trust Justin Jefferson. Now, the problem is trusting Justin Jefferson means nothing if Kirk Cousins can't get him the and that also means nothing if the defense cannot keep the Giants offense off the field. That's just what it is. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna pick the upset. I'm going to pick the Giants. It's not for any other reason except for the fact that I just don't trust our defense. When it comes to the playoffs, offense wins games, defense wins championships, and in the road to the playoffs, your defense better not be giving up opportunities to get to the championship. Now we get to the Ravens Bengals. I'm trying really hard to care about this game. I want them to get back to a Super Bowl relatively soon. It could be this year, it could be next year, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, because I really enjoy watching them play. Lamar Jackson's not gonna play. He's still hurt, possibly. A lot of people have been talking about the contract situation. They say it's nothing to do with the contract. Who knows? I have no, I, I literally have no dog in that fight. I want Lamar to get paid. I want the Ravens to be good. That's just where I'm at with it. I don't think this Ravens-Bengals game is going to be any surprise to anyone when the Bengals win. The Bengals know how to score points. And yes, the Ravens defense is pretty good, but I'm sorry. I just don't have any faith in this Ravens offense to do a whole hell of a lot. I just don't. Ravens-Bengals played each other twice this season. First meeting, Ravens won. Lamar Jackson was there, Devin DuVernay got a lot of touches, all of the good things. And Lamar Jackson had a touchdown and he had an interception, threw a touchdown to Mark Andrews, and the defense had a touchdown. The Ravens ended up winning that game. When they met again last week, obviously no Lamar Jackson, obviously no Devin DuVernay. Anthony Brown was the starting quarterback in that game. I mean, the Ravens lost 27 to 16. While that is not a terrible loss, the way that the Ravens have been playing and losing games as of late, it's been ugly. I don't trust Anthony Brown to go into a playoff game and win. Not against Joe Burrow and the team that just was the AFC representative in the Super Bowl 11 months ago. The Bengals are going to do away with the Ravens this weekend and that will be all we, that will be all she wrote. So then we get to Monday Night Football. Cowboys, Buccaneers. What I expect is the Cowboys to win because 
the Cowboys not winning against an eight and nine team, a team that is below 500, regardless of who is quarterbacking. I know Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback since sliced bread. I get all of that, whatever you say. The Cowboys have a better football team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been trotting out a 45-year-old quarterback and whatever the hell else has been going on on that offense and that defense for the last 18 weeks. It has been a hot mess. The first game where they played the Cowboys was the only game that looked good. The only game where I was like, okay. Because for weeks on end, Tom Brady and Mike Evans didn't even know they were on the field with each other. It has been ugly. If they even make this game competitive, we can say, okay, it's fine. They're all gonna figure it out in the offseason. Tom Brady might leave. Todd Bowles might be out of here. Who knows what's gonna happen with that whole team. It, it might be all tragic. But the Cowboys need to win this game. I don't want them to win this game. And the only reason I don't want them to win this game is because I do not like the idea of me having to watch another Eagles-Cowboys game. I don't think my heart can take it. I don't think my voice box can take it. I don't think that anybody within a 50 mile radius of me is going to be able to take it because I will be losing my mind. I don't have time. I would like to not have to go there again because I am quite a nice person most days. When the Eagles play the Cowboys, let's just say it's not fun for anyone, including me. <laughs> I don't like being that person. And I think the, and here's the misconception. Yes, I am an Eagles fan. Always have been, always will be. But I am a bigger fan of football and good football. I live in the reality where good football makes me happy. So I do want them to play well. I want the Bucks to play well. Tom Brady, I don't care if you're 45, you decided to get your ass back on the football field, but I want you to play like you want to be on a football field then. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. I want all of you to play good football because you're capable of doing it. Because we've seen you do it. This is the playoffs. So the Cowboys in the playoffs are not really that great. I want to see good football. I don't hate the Cowboys. I just like their fans because their fans are delusional people who do not live in reality. When their football team plays bad, they can't just say the football team played bad. I expect the Cowboys to go out there and play good team football, especially after the way they lost to the Commanders this past weekend. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. They lost to the Commanders, a team who is not going to the playoffs. Sam Howell is his name, I'm pretty sure. 26 to six. After that loss, there's no possible way that the Cowboys come out on Monday night and look any sort of terrible. It just can't be. I refuse to accept. I mean, the defense has been, it was one of the number one ranked defenses at some point throughout the season. Mike Parsons is out here talking all kinds of shit about everybody else, making all of his, making all of his thoughts known on Twitter and in podcasts everywhere else. Meanwhile, hello, your defense needs to be getting it together because in the last couple of games, Micah Parsons, I have not seen you sack the quarterback in the way that I know you can, in the way that I saw you do in the first 10 weeks of the season. I just need them to play like they're supposed to play because I want to see good football. I don't want to see shit football. I don't really want to see the Buccaneers win because they've been so bad. They've played bad football. Why would I want to watch that? I want to see good football. Now, if the Buccaneers decide that they can play football again and they want to score 25, 30 points, that'd be great for me. I just don't think the Dallas Cowboys are going to sit down and roll over. I just don't see that happening. Now, if it happens, Lord knows, I'm going to 
clap and drink some more wine and be merry. Niners, Cowboys, Giants, Bills, who am I forgetting? Chargers, Spangles. That's why I have winning the weekend. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Okay, so let's talk some basketball. So excited the basketball season is back. Last season, basketball ended with the Warriors and the Celtics in the finals, which is what I really wanted. I love both of them, and I want both of them to win. I wanted the Celtics to win because that's been my team for forever, and I wanted the Warriors to win because I was like, Clay came back from his two-year absence and playing all the playing the way he was playing and draining threes and hype as shit. I was loving it. Steph had an injury going into the playoffs, had to have a minutes restriction, was one of the best men off the bench during the Denver Nuggets series in the first round. It was great. And then they played the Grizzlies and it was an exciting series and then they played the Mavericks and that one was fun. It was just a good run for both teams to get to the finals and then they got to the finals and I was like, oh shit, now I have to pick one. What storyline do I like better? And I wasn't really sure. I just kind of wanted to see really good basketball and I really thoroughly enjoyed the finals. I know everybody else was kind of bored, but I really enjoyed watching the Celtics. Even though Jason wasn't himself, Jalen had pretty good, he had pretty good games throughout the series. Obviously the Warriors were just like, they're always fun to watch. I'm just excited for this basketball season because the basketball season has started out great for my Celtics. I'm real excited for them. They look like unfazed by anything. And there's been a lot that happened. They lost in the finals to the Warriors. And then to start the preseason, or was it before preseason? Either way, Ime Udoka got in trouble. That's a whole different story that we can get to another day. I'll probably write an article about it because that was just... There's parts of it that I agree with and parts of it that I don't. But then Joe Mazzula is starting. He's going to be the interim head coach or actual head coach, whichever they decided. Everybody was looking to the Celtics as like, this is going to be the team out of the East that everybody has to beat. And then the whole Ima Yudoka situation happened. And then it was like, oh shit, who knows? We knew Giannis was going to be there. Maybe they can't figure it out. Without Ima Yudoka there, maybe they just kind of lose their chemistry and Guys aren't all on the same page. And you know, Robert Williams was hurt and all of these things. And they came out and they've been guns a-blazing. I mean, they've been trading the top spot um, in the Eastern Conference with uh, the Bucks. So we're gonna go through the standings. We'll just talk about the teams. Obviously, number one is the Celtics. At two, we have Brooklyn Nets. Three, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Four, we have the 76ers. Five is the Cavs. Six is the Knicks. Seven, the Pacers. Eight, the Heat. Nine, the Hawks. 10, the Chicago Bulls. 11, the Raptors. Everybody else I'm not mentioning. I'm sorry. Charlotte, Washington, Orlando, Detroit. As much as I like Orlando, I'm not talking about playoff pushes with you guys. It's just not happening. Bucks, Celtics are my staples. I know what they do well. I know what they kind of struggle in sometimes, but I, I, I like the teams as a unit. I like their benches, all of the things for those two teams make me happy. The 76ers, the Heat, and the Nets. The Heat are not gonna stay at eight. I just don't believe in that. They're gonna figure their shit out. I haven't watched enough of the Heat game specifically to say what really is the issue. Any of my Heat fan friends, feel free to fill me in. The 76ers are always in the playoff mix, but they can't, there's just like a hump that they can't seem to get over. The injuries maybe, I don't really know. Chemistry, who knows? The big moments, whatever. The Nets are the most interesting piece of this, right? Because last year, the Celtics played the Nets in the first round. I went to the game, to one of the, I, game three of the first round, it was so much fun, but literally, the Nets got blown off the court, swept, done. Um, that was also, I think there was a couple of games where Kyrie was out, there was a lot going on. With the Nets, the one thing that everybody is always concerned about outside of if and when Kevin Durant gets hurt is Kyrie Irving and the chemistry that these guys can keep together, right? So I think the Nets are always 
at the top of the conference. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to do this as long as they stay on the straight and narrow. They had like a 20 game stretch where they won 18 games or something like that. They haven't been in the news for anything crazy. Kevin Durant just got hurt, so he'll be out for, I think, a couple of games. So the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets, the Heat, the 76ers. That is really where I think the Eastern Conference playoff situation lies. Now, I know the Cavs have been playing really well, especially with the addition of Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell just had a 71-point game like a week ago. Him and Darius Garland and Jared Allen and them, they have been playing really well together. So I think the Cavs will definitely be in some sort of mix. The Knicks I'm not really that high on. I know they got Jalen Brunson and Jalen Brunson was great for the Mavericks last year, really helped Luka out. Um, and so he's kind of teamed up with RJ Barrett and Julius Randle and they kind of got a thing going. And the, the Knicks are right now sixth place in the standings. So who knows what they can do. I don't know that I have enough to be able to trust them to make a huge playoff push, but we'll see. There's still the possibility. The Toronto Raptors, I still really like them as a squad. I don't know how much of a playoff push they'll actually make, but we'll see where they land. And then we have the Hawks and the Bulls. I don't know how I feel about the Hawks, to be honest. Like, I like the squad that they have. I'm just not sure that I pick them to beat any of those other teams, like to beat them in a seven game series. I just don't see that happening. And I'm not, maybe they surprise me, I don't know. And then the Bulls, I really like the Bulls. I really like the Bulls. They're just, they're kind of fun to watch. I kind of like, like the scrappiness of them. I'm just not sure that I see, again, with the Hawks and the Bulls and even the Raptors and the Knicks and the Cavs, those are teams that I'm not really sure in a seven game series can put it together enough times to, to win a series. That's just how I feel about it. There's lots of basketball to be played still. Let's move on to the West. So I'll start with the standings and then we can kind of talk about the teams and then I want to address something about the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix Suns. Yikes. At one, we have the Denver Nuggets. At two, we have the Memphis Grizzlies. Three, we have the New Orleans Pelicans. Four, we have the Sacramento Kings. Five, we have the Dallas Mavericks. Six, the LA Clippers. Seven, the Phoenix Suns. Eight, the Golden State Warriors. Nine, Utah Jazz. 10, Minnesota Timberwolves. Portland Trailblazers are at 11. 12 is the Los Angeles Lakers. OKC, San Antonio, and Houston, I'm, I'm not worried. They have foundational good things. Those teams have young players who I think will make more noise later on. I also think the Sacramento Kings will end up dropping off, and that's unfair to say to De'Aaron Fox and all of them, but they have been playing really well. I just don't know that that lasts, because it also is predicated upon other teams playing bad presently. Nuggets, Grizzlies, Mavs. I think those guys are definitely set. I have a little bit of concern with the Pelicans because Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson kind of like trading out being injured and all of that is doesn't bode well for a playoff run. I do think the Nuggets are going to be a lot to contend with. I think the Grizzlies are going to be a lot to contend with. They always are. They're like they're not they're not scrubs. I just have issues with their with their arrogance levels. The Suns, the Clippers and the Warriors I think are going to move themselves into the spaces where the Pelicans and the Kings and the Clippers kind of live right now. The Suns are a good team. Devin Booker is not he's not played for the last like two weeks I believe it is. Um, or maybe it's only been a week. I have no idea what day of the week it is. This is wild. So they've been without Devin Booker. They've been without CP3. I, just, I think they have a little time to get their chemistry back together. They're 21 and 22. Like I'm them and the Warriors. I'm not really concerned about the Warriors only a little bit because Steph is coming off an injury and Clay doesn't play in back to backs presently. The bench is starting to come along, but James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga 
um, haven't really come on in a major way for all of the minutes of a basketball game. Um, so that's a little concerning. I like what I've seen from the Warriors bench players. I mean, Ty Jerome has come in in many a game that I've seen where he has just played really, really well. And I like his spunk, I like his tenacity. I like Jonathan Kaminga when he is not losing his mind. He is still young, but I like Jonathan Kaminga when he's really playing to his strengths versus like trying to do something that he thinks would be helpful to the team and then getting mad when he gets a foul called him or something or banging on the floor or whatever. That's a little frustrating. It's great to have Andrew Wiggins back now because he was, um, I think he was sick and then he had like a groin injury or something. So there was, there was like a month and a half where we didn't see any Andrew Wiggins. It was very sad. Um, so I think between the Suns and the Warriors, and even the Clippers, like I don't really have a whole lot of faith in the Clippers, but we'll see where they end up landing. But I think those teams are, they're kind of on the cusp a little bit, right? I think the the Mavs will definitely be there as long as Luka continues to just drop 50 points every night and like hopefully Reggie Bullock and um, what is it, Maxi Kleber is the one whose name I always remember uh, and Spencer Dinwiddie, as long as they really carry their weight is what they need to do. Because um, we saw a lot of times that they do not carry their weight and it's a little stressful. I've watched a ton of Utah Jazz games this season and I'm not really sure why. It just ends up happening that way. And I really like that team. Like as much as they are 21 and 23, I like the way they play. Um, and I think the Timberwolves and the Jazz are going to be two teams that are kind of like in the play-in kind of situation. Um, and depending on who they have to play in against, probably gonna be a cakewalk for them. This basketball season is gonna be a lot of fun, and it's been a lot of fun already, and I'm just excited to see kind of the shift in what happens now that we're in the new year, and All-Star break is coming soon, so I'm excited to see what that kind of shift uh, holds. I think the Blazers and the Lakers, I, I want them to be better. I really, really like the Blazers. Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard, uh, Scotty Barnes, I like that that group of guys. I like the their ability to score. I like their ability to play defense. I like all of the things that they do. I just wish they would win more games. The Lakers, I don't know what they're gonna do. The Lakers just stress me out. The, it's one week they're winning six games in a row, and then the next week it's like they've dropped the last 10 games. I'm very confused about all of the things happening with the Lakers. I think they're confused. LeBron is now gonna have to play without AD because AD got injured. I don't know, man. One of them is always injured at some point in time for an extended period. Period. They gotta figure something out. They, they, eh. It's stressful. I did want to talk really quickly about like the Phoenix Suns and the Memphis Grizzlies. I can always respect that you go out and you have to have all the confidence in the world, especially going against teams that either have beaten you before or they have acquired a new player who you know is amazing, whatever the case may be. That happens. I don't understand the arrogance that I feel like is constantly exuded by those two teams in particular. And there's a difference between confidence and arrogance if you flex after you dunk the ball on somebody. That looks like confidence, doesn't look like arrogance. John Morant decided that he was going to speak up before the Christmas Day game when they played the Warriors. One that, let's start here. Last season, after the Warriors won the finals and all of the good things and all of that shit that was talked and they were, chirping at everybody who had decided that they wanted to chirp at the Warriors because the Warriors hadn't been to the finals in two years, all that other stuff. Everybody was looking forward to the Christmas schedule. And then the Christmas schedule comes out and it says Warriors Grizzlies Christmas Day at eight o'clock. Everybody's like, circle it on your calendars. That's gonna be a game. It's gonna be amazing. So of course, with the way the Warriors started the season, 
wasn't looking too good and the Memphis Grizzlies have been trading spots with the Denver Nuggets at one and two to top the conference. And the week of the Warriors-Grizzlies uh, game, John Morant does an interview with Malika Andrews and she asked her just like, oh, you know, who are you watching? And saying, you know, we gotta run through them and just to get to where we wanna go, that kind of thing. And John Morant was like the Celtics. Malika Andrews asked, no one in the West? And John Morant, with a straight face and a smirk on his mouth, man said, I'm good in the West. And when that happened, let's go through what happened after that. Christmas day, they lost to the Warriors 123-109. Two days later, they went and lost to Phoenix 125-108. Then they went on to beat the Raptors, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Hornets, the Magic, the Jazz, and the Spurs. I want you to know that out of those seven teams, the Pelicans and maybe the Raptors are gonna be in the playoffs. I would like to know how you know you're good in the West. I would like to understand. I'm, I'm very confused because we also have to bring in the fact that John Morant has a little bit of an injury history. Now the Memphis Grizzlies are quite good without John Morant in the lineup. But are you sure? That's called arrogance. That's called not thinking before you speak. That's called thinking your shit don't stink at all. There is a difference between confidence and arrogance. I included the Suns in this because at the beginning of the season, mind you, the Warriors have looked real bad on the road. They've looked real, 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 real bad on the road. I think they've won a total of three games on the road and they, I'm pretty sure they've played like 20. So there's that. And I saw Mikael Bridges have a game for the ages for who he is as a basketball player. He was draining threes and throwing threes and Clay's face on the bench and all of this. I'm like, first of all, Mikael Bridges, if you don't sit down somewhere, Mikael Bridges, if you have a game where you hit five threes, I'm happy for you. If Clay has a game where he hits five threes, he's disappointed. So let's be very clear about the dynamics here. You were the one seed in the West last year and got bounced in the, the second round when you played the Mavericks who essentially only have Luka Doncic. We respect Reggie Bullock and Spencer Dinwiddie and when Jalen Brunson was there and all of the rest of those guys, we respect them. Let's humble ourselves a little bit, just a little bit, until we have won things. Because last I checked, the Phoenix Suns, the group that they have assembled, this, this great group who has all of the arrogance in the world, including DeAndre Ayton, including Devin Booker, I don't remember you guys winning the finals. I don't remember it. I think you guys went there, but I think you guys lost. If you just have arrogance, you're gonna fall flat on your face. I'll be there to watch though. I'm so happy to get to get back to Catherine's Quarters. This was a fun episode. Um, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm starting to post again now that I've like come out of my funk of life. Subscribe on here. I will be dropping videos as much as I possibly can. Love you guys. Stay safe. Be well. Stay humble.